Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Malou. Join, as always, to answer your Twitter mailbag questions uh, with Colin host, Josh Hart. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, good week from the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Weather's been a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse in Toronto. It's like really nice for mid-January, so hard to complain. Um, I can't believe, um, as someone on, on Twitter said, I, I can't believe um, this is the same city that gave us 2016 All-Star Weekend. How far <laughs> do you think that set the city back? Because the Raptors are, you know, leveling up as a franchise I think they're the number one seed at the time in the East, if not number two. Went to the conference finals that year. Uh, they had just signed a huge free agent player um, for $60 million, who yeah. was Damari Carroll, but still, that's still a big signing. <laughs> and um, they had the All-Star game. Drake was here and everything like that. Honestly, a great All-Star weekend, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, both super memorable. Yep. The only thing was it was minus 25 every single day of that weekend. Which is Yeah, uh, I think the... I think the like All Star Cold and then Views, the Drake album coming out and both yes. kind of letting letting people down, I think really set the city back. <laughs> views was not that um, bad. Okay. I, 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 views, I said views excitedly. Views has aged really well, but when it came out, it was like kinda like remember that picture of Peter Mansbridge listening to Views at yes. the airport? Like it was I don't know, like a director dressed from the Queen or something. Like mm. he was like, "We're all in a Canadian heritage moment." I was in uh, Scotland when Views came out, and I woke up early to listen to it. And like twenty minutes in, I'm like, "Ah, Drake, you could have been a little bit more economical with this one." But it's it's aged really nicely. Like, it has, it, man. But that's the thing with it. Like every Drake project is that you know he you know put he he uh, often too early and then things mature and they uh, turn out nicely you, you did enjoy western road flows no but the, of course i love western like whenever he makes a regional reference yeah that like, was I, super regional that was i've been to that 7-eleven like that's a very yeah. important place to lots of shout out to what is it portage trail the the gigantic middle school and junior school it's huge they have like an underground per- parking garage in the tdsb school wow yeah um yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, fun fun fact: when my parents moved, emigrated from China, we, we moved to Weston and Lawrence. And they were very, very much a fish out of water. I think we moved away from that place the week we moved away from uh, our apartment at, at Weston and Lawrence was one week where the same bank got robbed twice. <laughs> and they were like, "No, nah, we like, gotta the go." CIBC there was the yeah. no frills open when you moved there. Yes, yeah, right beside the Salvation Army. Yeah, oh, that's and more like Jane. That's Jane and Lawrence, though. That's Jane and Lawrence, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. there's King's Delight, the restaurant. That place is elite. I think it may have been a Stanley suggestion. All right, way back, way back when. Yeah, Stanley's suggestion right now is uh, don't gentrify Western Road. Leave Western Road alone, please. 
it needs to retain all its uh, history and character. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about 2016 All-Star Weekend. Uh, we are here to talk about the breaking news that is Alex Len being waived by the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Josh, I have to ask you this. What is your favorite Alex Len as a Raptor memory? Um, I guess the only appropriate answer is Alex Len, Chris Boucher, Twin Towers on New Year's Eve. Alex Len had like two threes, three threes, something three like that. Three threes, three threes, three threes. That's yeah. kind of you know. That's kind of it. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the only uh, memorable, memorable moment I could come up with. I think he played a little bit more in that Philly game as well against Embiid. They just needed another big body, and oh, he yeah. fouled he fouled Embiid a few times. Um, yeah, yeah, he move... did nothing in that game. Yeah, I mean, look. First off, I don't want to disrespect Alex Len whatsoever because I don't think he did anything wrong in terms of just like yes, he didn't produce and didn't play well. But this is kind of who he is. <laughs> <laughs> what the bars on the he floor for the he didn't the do anything wrong. Look, I mean, he didn't play very well or produce much. <laughs> no, the bar is in an unfinished basement somewhere in uh, north of Tobacco, man. <laughs> it's got like no, the, yeah, the, all the, the pink insulation on the wall and stuff. But all of the basements in North Etobicoke are completed because that's where your grandparents live when they come to this Yo, country as well. No, 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 no. Relax, relax. No, no, no. My, par- my grandparents got the master bedroom. Don't disrespect them like that, man. Come on. On the above ground? Yes. My grandma lived, my grandma lived in the basement. Had her, uh, uh, on, her like, bedpan. I remember that shit. Damn. Man. It's terrible for the joints. Anyway, um, yeah, Alex <laughs> Lynch. Look, I didn't, I didn't think he was, like, he didn't anything necessarily to deserve getting cut. I know he didn't produce. But it wasn't like um, – I guess my surprise really, and we were talking about this, is just – this is just like a, a miss, like a brick from the front office. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Like, This is who Alex Lent is. So when they brought yeah. him in, I don't know how much more they could have expected, especially considering he barely played. Now, I will have to say, though, he's not that far behind what Baines has produced this year. Um, so that's – You can't wave – you can't wave Baines. No, I mean, he's, he's not like 7.5 million. There's no no real reason to do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, what what do you what did you think of the move? And honestly, like, I do, mean, do, do you care? I obviously like he wasn't going to make an impact on the roster. I think that what the front office needs to realize is you have a you kind of have a pattern of success for centers in this organization. You know, Bismack, uh, uh, Boucher. Now, like, just get somebody long who can run who can like how Kyle Lowry can make a go in the offense. And Alex Lynn didn't present that mm. like yesterday. I was tweeting, like, I'd like to see a guy like Willie Cauley Stein who, yeah, wasn't he's not even that good. good. He wasn't even he's good. Fast. He's just a fast center with, mm-hmm. with long arms. And he's like, it seems like a cool guy who likes to paint. I read a cool article about him in uh, ESPN, the magazine uh, over the weekend wow. or ESPN.com. Um, but yeah, like just find fast, long bigs. Alex Lynn, is not fast or very long and it didn't work out. So that's, that's, it's just a brick from the front off. Like it's just, yeah. Like you have Boucher, you saw Serge, like Serge is obviously a much higher end version of those guys, but guys Mm. who can run, who are, you know, have the fitness to go out and run in this Raptors transition offense. It'll, it'll work or at least be a guy who can be out there. There was no way Alex Lynn was going to play, 14 minutes a game for this team. And at that point, what's the point? Yeah. I um, I have to say, though, in the short time Alex was here, and I mean short, really, because he played a grand total of 76 minutes. 
Um, which, by, by the way, like the thing, the fact that Alex Len got cut after 76 minutes. Meanwhile, we had Bruno Caboclo on the team for four years, <laughs> doing even less than Alex did, is kind of amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was Alex's fault necessarily. I just don't think that. Yeah, um, this whole style that the Raptors are moving towards, being faster and everything like that, um, that doesn't fit him. Honestly, it doesn't fit Len either. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, I wish Alex the best. I have to say though. In those 76 minutes, he did pr- produce three moments, all right, that I remember him for. One is the Knicks corner threes. I thought that was really exciting for a bit. And then I looked into the numbers, and Alex Len had made roughly the same number of threes at roughly the same percentage as Aaron Baines for his career. Um, Yikes. Yeah, Alex Len at, for his career, 99 for 294 from three, so 33.7%. And if you look at Aaron Baines, it is – let me just pull that up. Aaron Baines for his career is 87 for 276 for 31%. So actually Alex Lund has made more threes and shot him at a higher percentage than, uh, than Baines. But um, that was one moment. The number two moment was Alex Lund saying so many nice things. You know, he said when he, when he signed here, he wanted to sign here because of the development program. They just turned players around. And obviously that has not happened <laughs> with the program. And um, he also said he really wanted to make the playoffs because he, has never been on a playoff team in in like seven years, which is almost impossible to do in the NBA, but you know, he wants to make the playoffs. That's not happening. And then the third thing is he did say that there was tension in the locker room after a loss, which, you know, just a pro tip to all athletes, unless you're like the number one guy. Yeah. Don't be saying that stuff. Yes. You lost three in a row to start the season. It sucks. You definitely, the mood can't be happy after a, a loss. But don't say those words. It's just um, I, I applaud him for for being honest, of course. But you know that that is just odd that that's one of the three memories he made here in seventy six minutes. So um, good luck to Alex Len. What do you think he's going to end up next? Uh, uh, Brooklyn, probably. Okay. If I mean, yo, if, he, play, if he wants to be on a playoff team, I mean, do they need they need center. He's not good, but they need center. I don't know. Alex Len, DeAndre Jordan, who do you pick? DeAndre Jordan, are you kidding me? No, no I know, but like they're like if you had to pick up either their centers Yeah, no, they're not good. They'll pick someone up. Watch watch JaVale get cut by the Cavs and end up on the Nets. That'll happen. JaVale McGee JaVale McGee is the guy who DeAndre Jordan thinks he is. Because everybody seems to really like JaVale McGee. And then there's this reputation that everybody likes DeAndre Jordan, but I've never really I don't I don't have the same like affection towards him as I irrationally have to JaVale McGee. I think it's because so many star players have loved DeAndre Jordan. And so people now resent the fact that he's on the teams because he's loved by star players. But even if that's true, that's just life, man. I don't, I don't Well, no, okay, man. That's, clearly, how every, that's how every company no, no, works. But clearly he brings something to the table and it's his personality. I've just never, like I've watched DeAndre, he's been in the league for over a decade. I've seen him a lot, but I've never, he's not a guy who I think has a great personality in the way that wow. I I think of the other guys as maybe not being great players, but just being solid guys. And yeah. I don't know. Well, JaVale did make a bubble vlog for the, for the Lakers, which I believe yeah, was JaVale really McGee well received. Seems like a, he seems like a really friendly guy. Oh yeah. I mean, that's why he keeps ending up on the championship teams. Like he was on and, the Lakers. He was on the, I, the yeah. Warriors. Like, you know, and, and, and I get that because he seems like, like if I could, if I could have JaVale McGee, a part of my life, I would, because he just seems like a friendly dude. No, he really does seem like a friendly dude. And um, yeah. anyway, uh, shout out Masai for giving um, 
JaVale McGee's first big contract and then trading him like two weeks later for Nene. Um, anyway, so we're here to take questions. So um, good luck to Alex Len. Hopefully he does okay. I mean, I didn't think he was that terrible, but he also just didn't play that much to be that terrible, but apparently the Raptors caught him. So we'll see. I think the Raptors probably in the ensuing move with the 15th roster spot, they probably need to bring back another center. Um, I, we be- I believe we went through the free agent center list last episode. Um, but I mean, we could go through it again. It's just not very exciting. So, um, you know, I, I'm just saying, don't get your hopes up. Like in terms of, you know, um, okay, here's real GMs, free agent centers. Um, Tyson Chandler, Yama Mahimini, Scala Bissier, Thon Maker, Justin Patton, Caleb Swanigan, Anti Zizich, Ike, Anigobu. You know, any of these guys excite you? Joakim Noah, John Henson, Tyler Zeller. Joakim Noah, what a, yeah, that guy's career. He kind of had like the David West exit, but then didn't win a championship. Um, uh, not, not, none of those guys. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if the Raptors were playing in the GTA, maybe Thon McCurr then, but mm. otherwise. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. This is uh, who maybe knows? Uh, Utah looked pretty good boxing at Boban. Maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> the Utah Raptors. Already, Utah's fine, man. He already got a contract. He's all good. We don't, they don't have to convert him for a while, so they can keep cycling yeah. through centers here. Um, there's a guy, Lamine Janine, who was brought up with uh, Lamine Janine. He is yes. He's, that sounds uh, like a French movie about like a like a you know. Well, he is badass from, woman. He is from uh, Dakar, Senegal, so. He would speak okay. French, but uh, um, this was this this is a name that only popped to the top of my mind because this was brought up. Um, if you listen to the draft um, episode that I did uh, with Zach Milner of the Stepping, he's like a draft um, draft guy, I guess, and he gave a lot of great insight onto the Raptors' two picks. But he also mentioned Lamine Janine as someone who could potentially fit what the Raptors are looking for. He was um, quite good in college. Is and- he long and fast? He is described to be the next Pascal Siakam, although I think it's only because they both have, uh, you know, West African passports. Can he catch? Yeah, yeah. Then bring him to Toronto. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, there you go. Lamine Janine, where, wherever you are, con- if, contact the show. I'll forward your email to uh, to Nick Nurse. If you are fast and can catch a, a lob, mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm willing to, like, watch for 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I don't know, the, the, bar, the bar's in the basement. Yeah, I, I hope they bring in someone with that 15th spot who – well, go one of two ways. If you want to use that spot for a developmental guy uh, like an undrafted center, uh, by all means, go for it. Uh, I think it's worth it. I think the Raptors have had such good success converting people. Like Chris Boucher, for example, is a perfect example, right? Yeah. If, if three years from now, this random um, you know pickup who was cut for because of Alex Len um, comes in and develops into the way Chris is, then – you know, you'd be thrilled. But if you don't go that route, then please get a veteran who can actually do something. Although veteran centers, generally speaking, are not that great. I mean, Alex Lam was a veteran center. So uh, let's take your Twitter questions. Um, this is what our original plan was before um, this groundbreaking move happened. The first question comes from DB, who asks, is it weird that against Charlotte, I caught myself thinking, when is Nick going to put Stanley Johnson in again? Is no, Stanley Johnson, he's looked great. Like, it's not, I don't, I, I don't know. The Stanley Johnson stuff, 
it's kind of insulting that everyone's like, I can't believe him. Like he was around for two years. He is, he looked decent in the bubble. Mm-hmm. The rap Raptors run a defensive scheme that is maybe hard to take up, but is going to make you successful. Stanley Johnson can do that. The threes are fake, but the Raptors seem to be able to manufacture good three point shooters pretty well these days. Chris Boucher routinely has six plus feet of space to shoot wide open threes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson is a very talented NBA player. It took him a while to figure out a role. He seems to have found one here. Um, we can all be happy for him without being sort of sardonically amazed that this guy is able to be out on a basketball court. He's, he's good. Like yeah. he was just, it was, to me, it was just that he was behind Rondé Hollis Jefferson last year. Like, if Chris Boucher had, had an opportunity, he probably would have looked. I don't think he. I think he lost to Rondé legitimately, but yeah, he would have probably looked okay. Yeah, that's true. Although, honestly, this current version of Stanley versus last year's Rondé, I, I might have to think hard about it because yeah, that's, he yeah. takes less stuff off the table than Rondé did. Um, although it's still, super I think early. it's it's I think it it's a bit more balanced. Like, he mm-hmm. seems to be less clumsy finishing off the offensive rebound, which has been nice. Um, and he seems like he's like a, a better passer. He's – none of them should dribble the ball, but he's um, he seems to be able to find Pascal a bit more regularly than Rondé did. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I guess that is true. It is a little bit insulting. But I think it's more like found money at this point. Everyone's expectations were so low for Stanley based on last season that – Everything he does feels like a bit of a miracle in a way. Um, and I think that kind of novelty will wear off eventually. Um, but it is just nice. It's like finding a hundred bucks in your pocket. You're, you know, you're thrilled. The way you would approach that 100 bucks is totally different than like the X number of, you know, amount of money that you get direct deposited to your account every, every month. You might yeah. save that money. If I, if I find a hundred bucks in my pocket randomly or I find a hundred bucks on the street, I'm not saving it. I'm probably buying something stupid or donating it or something, but I'm, I'm not going to keep that money. You know what I mean? So I think people are very <laughs> eager right now with Stanley. And I think rightfully so. I think he's getting a lot of um, great praise. And to be honest, he is pretty productive. He's definitely deserving of the rotation. I could not be happier for him at the moment. Um, Paul asked a related question. Um, who has the better case for most improved players so far? The dominant performance of Chris Boucher or the surprising utility of Stanley Johnson? He also asked, also Stanimal, terrible nickname, right? We can, uh, or do you want to go with that one? Because I think most improved definitely will not go to Stanley, let's be real. Yeah, that's in, that like, is what? more insulting. I mean, he's at three <laughs> points per game this season. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, like Chris Boucher is a much better case. For, there should be, if the NBA had like, comeback player of the year but you'd have to like be injured i was gonna say what, um, did, what did he come back from i don't know it was like just malaise he was injured apparently throughout last season mm. um yeah chris boucher is a better case for a most improved player that's easy i don't know i don't hate stanley johnson calls himself this animal yeah that's his uh ig handle yeah i don't I don't mind the nickname. Um, do you have any better suggestions? Like, no, but I like Stan- them- I like Stanley on its own. Stanley is a really powerful name. When you think of it, Stan, I mean, first off, it sounds like Stan Lee, which is great. You know, Kubrick. I don't know. 
I like Stanley just as a name, so I just call him Stanley. But um, yeah, I mean that's his nickname, I guess. It's yeah, a, it's a little um, awkward nickname. I'm not gonna lie, but can we call him? Can we call him Mister Fantastic? The way he uh, is, you know, can can uh, guard up and down in the like he can probably guard two through five. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. With his got, elastic he's got, limbs, he's got the stretchiness. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. I mean, think about the guys he's guarded this year, though. Like they told him to go get Ben Simmons. That was the first game he played yeah. this season against Philly. Ben Simmons. He did a good job against Ben too. Yeah. Uh, then it was uh, who was it? Brandon Ingram the next night against the Pelicans, and he did okay in that in that game. Then it was Jason Tatum, which nobody did well in that game. I didn't think Stanley did well in that game either. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he was out there in Portland guarding pretty much everybody, Dame, CJ, yep. switching everywhere, Mello. Um, against the Warriors, he played a little bit, although, you know, wasn't as power impactful. And then Charlotte was definitely out there against Gordon Hayward, yep. some of their tough guards. And then yesterday against Luca, like that's, he, yeah, he <laughs> they're, they're making him do a job and he, and he's done that job. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, man. Good for Stanley. I, do you do you hate watching Luca play? I'm really sick of him. I don't know what it is. It's his attitude, but it really grates on me. And I, I don't like being that guy yeah. who like you know young man's NBA players. Mm. But he seems. I know they're in the middle of like a three game losing streak. Half their team uh, is in the COVID protocol, mm-hmm. um, so it's probably tough to be out there. But mm. I really, I don't know. I find him so great in. When he's like tearing his jersey and throwing tantrums, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's he, January. He I think it's some Jan- some people get mad and they look different. Like some people get mad and they seem frustrated. Some people get mad and they seem scary. And then some people just get mad and they seem petulant. And he's kind of like yeah. when he's mad, yeah. he looks yeah. petulant. Um, no, I bet I definitely enjoy watching Luca play. It's just, I mean. Well, I like watching who, who, him play. I just like watching him lose. I, it's that's, that's it. true. Like, yeah. Watching he's him a bit of a, lose. He might be a bit sore loser, but yeah, you know, he's also been anointed quite quickly. But also, like it's it's objectively pretty amazing what he's doing out there. Like I don't think it's just pure yeah, hype. yeah. I don't want to be mistaken for Montrez Harrell, but I just you know sometimes wow. find him a little annoying. <laughs> Shout out Ernie Johnson for uh, quoting that verbatim. Um, Sean, Sean, Sean Conrad as. Who has been more valuable, Aaron Baines or Slim Duck? Okay, well, I mean, come, come on. on. <laughs> it's been Slim Duck. Is Slim Duck going to be the next Siakam, Giannis, or Garnett? No. So no. <laughs> on, on both fronts, no. How could you be comparing Aaron Baines to, to Chris Boucher, who you're also comparing to Siakam, Giannis, and Garnett? That's that's rude. I, I don't even think you should be comparing Siakam to Giannis and Garnett at this point. Or yeah. even Giannis to Garnett, period. Honestly, the whole, whole question is a little off to me. But I do want to ask the question. Uh, along the lines of what Sean is asking, which is what player does Chris Boucher remind you of? Because he is a very unique player considering that I think he's a bit uniquely thin for front court players, but also the skill set to block three point shots as a center to shoot threes, to, um, you know, be as quick and athletic as he is. He's, I don't know. There's not a lot of players like him historically. Does, does he invoke any uh, specific comps? I don't know. Yeah, I... Uh, the, the, like, Kevin Durant comparisons are, are overstated, mm-hmm. but there's a kind of, like, incredible length 
that you see when he's running the floor that is remin- kind of reminiscent of that. Okay. Um, he can't release the ball wherever he wants, so that's where it oh, ends. Yeah, of course, yeah. But it's just when you like see him, I don't know. It's, well, he's yeah, also it's smooth just, like KD, oddly enough. Yeah. You know? And then one in the moments where there is impact in terms of like if he dunks and someone's at the rim and stuff like that, there is like a collision. And it looks more dramatic because he's thinner. But um, I, I could kind of see, obviously, we're not saying he's KD. As good as he is right now, he's definitely not KD. Yeah. But I could see, yeah, I could see a little bit of that. There's a, there's like a weird, like rangy, but still decent finisher after contactness about him. That I that is re- like that, but I don't know. He is super. Yeah, he he is super unique. I think um, one one point that someone brought up was Keon Clark, which then I had to look up how he played and stuff like that because you know, that was sort of before my time as a fan. Yeah, um, and I could kind of see it, you know. Um, although I mean, there's like some off court stuff with Keon that hopefully Chris doesn't never never has to go through. But uh, yeah. yeah, I could see the 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 lankiness, the the aggression going to the basket, um, the the skill set from a guy who you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Boucher has like he reminds me a little bit of like rookie Kristaps Porzingis too, in a way, because like Kristaps now is oh like, yeah, he's had a couple of injuries. He's a little bit more immobile. He's a little, yeah. he's a lot stiffer now than when he was as a rookie. He's he was, very stiff, but he's he, he used to be yeah. like really lethal and like just moved around yeah. and like you know um, block shots from nowhere, shot the threes from deep. Um, of course, he was playing for a, a terrible Knicks team, so you know there's that. But there's a bit of that rookie uh, Chris Tapps in him. So I don't know, man. But he's he's very unique. Yeah. The Raptors exclusively connect uh, collect unique players, like the only two sub six foot guards who are good. Like the Raptors have them. Pascal Siakam starts playing basketball late in his teenage years. The Raptors have them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't. I I gotta. I would have to think longer and harder about guys who Chris but I'm really excited for Chris like this is he's got to be feeling great about himself and you know kind of you're yeah it's it's amazing it's he's what 26 or something um he's playing no, out of his he, mind. He's, he's 28 he just turned 28 but the, the age doesn't even really matter here man like no what but are like, we trying to look you know, at it? we're not trying to we're not trying to have Chris Boucher for 10 years or I mean honest at this rate yes I would but um you know it's I don't know. That doesn't worry me. He's in his prime. He should be playing well. No one should be. No one should be worried about how old he is. No. What I mean is that you often don't see guys like Lant, like figure this out, mm, that's especially true. guys who aren't like a highly touted prospect. Like it took Chris Chris a while, and you know this is this is probably the best he'll ever play, and that's not saying anything light. Like he's a legitimate. NBA starting caliber bit like big and the story of him working at St. Hubert is not lost on many. And it's cool. It's just, it's, 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 I mean, his story is super cool, man. And honestly, like he's had, um, I mean, there's the reason he's, he's broken out late in his career is not because he like played for a long time and couldn't cut it and just developed late. It's because he's had like situational things that delayed him. Like situation come out of high school. I think he had to take an extra year um, because he was, you know living on his own and things like that um i watched this documentary i don't remember all his uh, all the details but it's a really good doc i think it was on the raptors website um that was in french but it has subtitles um that explained chris's journey and then of course he got hurt coming out of oregon so that missed some time then he had to go to the g league instead of getting drafted because he would have been a first round pick 
He absolutely yeah. would have been a first-round pick, uh, but he got hurt, and he had to work his way up through the G League, and now he's finally breaking out, which, by the way, if you look at Chris Boucher's projections so far, um, I was thinking about like just him breaking onto the scene, and it did remind me a little bit of when Pascal broke on, because if you look mm. at the first year of Chris Boucher, 2018-19, averaged three points. Next season, he averaged seven points, and now he's averaging 16. Pascal, in his rookie year, four points. Second year, seven points. Third year, 16. Um, and they're different types of players, absolutely. But it, it, it did kind of remind me of when Pascal was first breaking out, where you were like, okay, I knew the year before he did some stuff, but he was inconsistent off the bench. The year after, you know, that year, I mean, Pascal just came out the gate red hot, was having like, you know, 20-point games regularly. And you're like, yo, we really have something here with Pascal. And then, of course, he went on to win most improved. So um, hopefully, I mean, that would be the best case scenario for how uh, Chris Boucher develops the rest of the season. But if he can follow that Pascal trajectory, I mean, I'd be thrilled, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would um, take some changes in his play style. But yeah, if he's able to have that kind of production job, it'd be awesome. I really can't believe it. I do think it's in, like in, insane to imagine another MIP candidate coming out of the Raptors um, so soon. <laughs> so soon, but yeah. like, I I don't think the case is unwarranted, which is awesome. Yeah, it's it's seriously a great story. Um, yeah. Another question from CPCSR: um, Stanley Johnson and Chris Boucher are shooting really high percentages from three. 46% for Stanley, 43% for Chris Boucher. This will regress, and history shows that there will likely be cold stretches ahead for both. How long of a leash does Nick give them if their outside shot goes cold for long stretches? Um, well, I mean, I think in both cases, I think Nick will continue to look for it because he's already said that anything for Stanley offensively is bonus, so I don't think he's looking for yeah. Stanley to hit threes like that. Stanley is shooting a high percentage. He's only shooting like one or two per game. They're wide open threes. Yeah, those are not an issue. Whether he whether he makes those or not, it doesn't really matter. Like Nick says, it's a bonus. Um, Stanley's on his on the floor for his defense, and Boucher he's going to be on the floor because Alex Len already got cut, and, and Aaron Baines was doing just as much as Alex Len. So he's going to play regardless, <laughs> and he's affected around the basket too. So I, I don't think it actually affects either of them. I think naturally the three point percentages will come down. Um, but I think the only one that maybe would be even slightly impacted would be Chris. He, um, I don't know. I kind well, of I mean, I, I just think an impact if Chris stops shooting the three as efficiently as he does right now, um, it, it would actually take some points off the table for the Raptors, and that might affect the Raptors in a way because yeah. he is shooting like six a game and, and hitting. I don't know, man. Forty. Six percent. I mean, damn, that's crazy. Forty-seven percent from on four threes per game, on four attempts per game. That's amazing. He has the highest effective field goal percentage in the NBA at the moment at seventy percent. So when he takes a field goal, when he takes a, a shot, it, there's he's going to score, um, very efficiently. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I just, I guess the thing that I, I don't really see. Like, Chris Bush is getting a lot of wide-open threes, and I don't think that you uh, – you like, either you give into his gravity, which makes Pascal more effective, and sure, those may drop, but I think they're big positives for the rest of the Raptors, the guys that are out there. Mm-hmm. If you're letting guys like Chris Boucher 
and wait to a negligible extent Stanley Johnson um, create gravity on the court. It's Stanley Johnson. It's not true for, but if Chris Boucher is able to make open things up for Pascal Siakam in the lane, that's a huge get. So I would be very happy to see Chris Boucher's three point percentage come down. Yeah. Unless it's the his, unless it's it comes down because of an artificial or a sort of it b- having more to do with his uh, unique looking shooting form. <laughs> yeah, which I mean that the form still does. It is strange. It creates like side spin on the ball and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's not having like bad misses anymore. Like no, last no. year, he would have air balls shots that would go really wayward. Now the shots are pretty solid, and he has that little like he's. If you notice his footwork, he's doing a little one-two into his shot, especially when he's open on the pick and pops. Yeah. And and I agree. And I think this is where the Pascal comparison is even maybe uh, more true is that like in that season, you know, the, the championship season where Pascal broke out, it was like, all right, you're gonna have to guard. Well, you're gonna have to guard Kawhi first. Yeah. Off. You're probably gonna have to double Kawhi unless you got Stanley Johnson. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to uh, probably blitz the pick and roll with Kyle Lowry because he's tough. Yeah. Not leaving Danny Green because he's uh, he, last yeah. year. I mean, that year he was like, Green. He was fifty percent from three for half the year, and then JV is still a guy who could score, and Serge is a guy who could score, and Mark is a guy who could play make. So Pascal just had a lot of good opportunities, and yeah. he just took all those opportunities and ran with it. And that's why it kind of does remind me of that sequence because in the same situation now, you're not going to stop doubling Pascal because Boucher made one or two threes. You're not going to stop. Um, trying to trap Kyle and Fred, right? Yeah. And so Boucher is kind of filling in around the gaps, and, he, and he's done a great yeah. job, so I hope he keeps it up, man. Um, on the topic of Pascal, next question comes from John, who asks, all of Pascal's bad games seem to be pretty similar. Struggling with zone defense, early foul trouble, passive play. Are there game plan-related reasons for those poor performances, or is it more of an issue of confidence slash rhythm? Um, um, what do you think? You, yeah, I, I'm curious to hear your answer. I have like a a pet theory, but I'm sure you've done actual analysis. Um, you know, I, I would <laughs> like to say that's true, but I am sometimes making it up as I go. <laughs> um, I, I think it depends on how the, I think a, a lot of what Pascal is doing right now is dependent on how the defense plays him. Yeah. Um, because I think um, first off, slow starts, the, the Raptors keep insisting on starting um, centers who are kind of bad for the matchup. Right. Yeah. So it's like Alex Len you know, Boucher, or not Boucher, um, um, Baines. And, you know, when Boucher comes in, I feel like Pascal's game takes another step forward, absolutely. Or even when they go to small ball center. Um, but I also think that a lot of what Pascal's current skill set is, the like, if teams really shut down the paint, he doesn't have that many things he can do to beat that outside of trying to take some jumpers or trying to create for others. So um, yeah. he's always a little bit dependent on how the defense plays him, which is probably an argument for why, you know, he, he needs to improve more offensively because you kind of expect stars to, like, break the defense. And the defense breaks Pascal more often than the Pascal breaks the defense at the moment. But, yeah, yeah, I just think it comes down to a skill set issue. Yeah, I kind of – that was kind of my thing. Like, if Pascal's first look when he sees the zone is to shoot over it. If it's not working, he'll maybe start to play make. But I think if he doesn't trust his jumper and the defense doesn't and he has to only be a playmaker – we just don't. It's just. I think that sort of saps his confidence and the confidence of the rest of the guys out there. That you know, that's when you see Fred hold on to the ball for dear life. And uh, I, I, yeah, I do think those those problems compound. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if, if Pascal was able to make a team pay more for trying to zone him up, what a crazy idea to think of Pascal making a team pay to zone him up. But yeah. if he's able to figure that out, yeah, I think that you 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 don't have him sputter in the first quarter like you sometimes have seen. Yeah. I would also love if they played him more on the inside to start instead of him like testing out his jumper a little bit more, but yeah. I don't know, man. Pascal's been really odd to analyze because half the time he's been like exactly what the Raptors have needed and the other half the time it's like, what are you doing? And it happened, yeah. like, t- both happened in the same game last night against the Mavs. Like, first half, I was like, what the hell is this? The second half, I was like, why, why were you not doing this in the first yeah. half? Because, you know, that was that exactly was- what they needed. I'm surprised that you and Assad didn't do a slander pod after the Mavs game yesterday. Nah, no, we, we need to be over 500. That's the slander policy. We need to be under <laughs> over 500 to slander anybody. Uh, well, fair enough. It, it just what looks, if it's, it's another below look. 500 team? Like, what if the Raptors, like, completely, I don't know. Nah, I mean, yes, it no, was kind but of you'll annoying. you'll slander the Bucks if the Raptors beat the Bucks. Oh yeah, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if when baby when? <laughs> okay. All right, you seen Giannis pull up for three? Oh my goodness, that was bad. Although he did hit the exact same shot earlier in that game, which I do feel bad for him that that shot. Well, what were they do? Like, what was Chris Middleton thinking on that last play? Like, was that not was the play not to have? Bro, it's Chris gone? Middleton. You can't expect <laughs> this much from him, man. But why didn't he make the pass? Like, Giannis was wide open. Um, You know, he probably should have because I think KD fell asleep on that play and and he got wide open. But was that, like, what was the play? Was the play... The play was probably for him to shoot the jumper, to be honest. I think he he probably, like, if I hit the three, we we win the game. I'm the hero. Uh, But no, I mean, look, listen. All I know Chris Middleton for is making (laughs) turnovers in, in very inopportune times, okay? And I don't just yeah, mean when, uh, when when Fred and Kyle uh, blitzed them, leading to the uh, the dunk by Kawhi against Giannis. I also mean 2017, Game Six, when the Raptors were blowing a 30 point lead to the Bucks in in a closeout game, where I believe he got he made a pass in the final minute of that game, mm. where he just completely turned it over to I think to Corey Joseph or to, to uh, Demar or something like that. So I think Corey Joseph and he hit Demar. That's Demar Derozan's best game as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that game, man. When he threw that that dunk at the end, my goodness, it's just so nasty, man. So does every Raptor have their most iconic game against the Bucks? <laughs> uh, damn. I guess Kyle Lowry's game six okay. is probably his. It's definitely past. It's it's definitely Fred for sure, Norm yeah. for sure, yeah, and um, Kawhi. Demar. Kawhi game six and Demar game six. Well, no, I mean. Kawhi, Kawhi, no, Kawhi, Kawhi closing out the Bucks with his best game as a Raptor. Okay, it was, it was, but people he remember, went on people, like a, people on remember a game seven, twenty eight to three run. He went yeah, crazy. No, nah, honestly, man, salute Kawhi for that. <laughs> that honestly, the, salute Kawhi forever for for that whole. That run. was the best a Raptor has ever played. No, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I have never watched a game where I'm like the best player in the world plays on the Raptors, and that's what yeah, was happening. yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> still, man. Mm, Kawhi, buddy, come home, man. <laughs> I know you don't want to, but come home anyway. <laughs> Apparently, Roots is making gloves for you, so uh, maybe that's what that's, that's the whole difference. Um, Daily Fantasy asks, uh, "What do you think of OG's oh. effort on the glass and how he's just overall more engaged in these past couple of games?" He's played well. Yeah, I, but have you had any complaints about OG and Obi recently? Not recently, but I still don't know what changed. Like he's just kind of, I don't know, OG's. 
OG's fine. I think that the pre- early season expect like hopes of a huge leap are dashed. Good, they didn't really ever make that much sense to me. He played kind of bad when the Raptors were all out of sorts. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Moved to Tampa. He looks fine. Yeah, good for like OG looks good. He has a great um, backup now, which is fun to see. Yeah, it's cool. And just cool. yeah, the OG season's going well. He should be happy. He's getting paid. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hard, hard to complain. I, I think with OG, I think the the big leap, as you mentioned, is, is not coming or has not come, and honestly, likely, you know, probably won't come because um, it's just such a hard leap to make. Although I don't want to doubt these guys and the development program. I mean, no one saw this coming from Boucher, for example. But um, with OG, from as compared to last year, he's taking, you know. 1.7 shots more per game. So two extra shots. He's getting to the free throw line twice as much as last year, although it's only three attempts per game, but still it's not bad. Um, he's everything else is kind of the same. Um, he's shooting the three slightly worse, but uh, he's also doubling his dribbling volume. Last year was at 3.3 attempts. Now he's at 5.7. And honestly, he's making tougher threes now. I find like yesterday he had like JJ, you know, James Johnson, like uh, on the wing. And OG gave him a jab, Steph. James Johnson kind of, like, stepped back just a little bit because he's like, you're probably going to drive anyway. And OG pulled up on his face. And I was like, okay. And he made that. And another one where Fred bounced the ball high to him. So he caught it, like, yeah. ace level instead of in a shooting pocket around the waist. And he still shot that and hit it. So it feels like he's hitting slightly more difficult shots. But I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty happy, though. I think this is kind of what yeah. you expect. And he's he- bumped his scoring. He's still defending well. He's rebounding decently. It's, you know, he's been nice. The, the, like those five, there are five Raptors who, um, I, yeah, I guess maybe, I, I, I would even leave Pascal alone at this point. They're the five Raptors. You just, they're good. They're fine. Yeah. They're not the problem. Yeah. It's, it's weird to me that Kyle hasn't been quite as consistent as you would hope, mm-hmm. but I think he's a bit more realistic about uh, is the team's future and isn't trying to win on a 60 win pace. There's just not really a, there's no chance of that. Fred's Fred started really strong, but now has had a few, like he didn't have a really good game yesterday. Um, one of the Charlotte games, I don't think he looked great. And I can't mm-hmm. remember which one, Both. but <laughs> I think he looked good at the beginning of the first game. Um, but yeah, Kyle, Pascal, OG, Chris, like they've all been good. No complaints. Yeah. Norm, Norm's trending hey towards. He's yeah, trending he's upwards. Like, he's like. Yesterday almost, was a I, peak Norm game. He's almost out of the doghouse. Yeah. No, he's, listen. Yeah. Yesterday's stat line of 17 points, two rebounds, one assist is a perfect. Norm Powell, norm, baby. Per, <laughs> you look at that stat line, you know who that is. You. But how many Kobe assists? Are you counting those? Well, I mean, I mean, you just got to look at the number of uh, <laughs> offensive rebounds Chris Boucher has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Like I would say, the Raptors are at five and a half good players. Um, yeah, which or, usually puts you around five hundred team, to be five, honest. Huh? That that usually puts you around five hundred if you only have five and a half good players. If you have seven yeah, good and, players, then all of a sudden you're talking playoffs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next question from. Uh, Gabrielle, uh, why is Nick Nurse ignoring Matt Thomas? So um, Matt Thomas propaganda is temporarily offline at the moment, considering Nick doesn't want to play him. 
Um, okay, first off, do you first do you feel like it's a necessity that Matt needs to play? Um, and yeah, would you like Stanley to see Johnson's? Him on that what's Stanley Johnson's three point shooting percentage? <laughs> um, no, I don't think Matt Thomas needs to play. Like he's been a bad defender. This team, like we've talked about previously, is only special when their defense is playing well, is uh, performing well. And unless Matt Thomas can contribute to that kind of defense consistently, you unfortunately can't play him. Um, Alex Wong, be damned. Yeah. Well, there's another question from um, this user um, who has a Chinese character of Bo. So I don't know what his, uh, maybe he's Chinese. I don't know. But anyway, uh, why do people think Matt Thomas should play over TD when he's the worst defender on the team and doesn't present enough of a three-level threat on the other end? He's not close to JJ Redick. I mean, I, I mean, first off, I think he makes definitely makes less mistakes than Terrence Davis. Yeah, yeah. Terrence Davis on and off the court, on and off the court, and you know, he committed five. He, he committed five. Oh, yeah, he committed five fouls in, in twelve minutes last night. And there was that play where I believe somebody dove on the ground to, to get the steal. Someone else dove on the ground to recover it. Then it was TD and OJ and Anobi running a two-on-one fast break, and TD passed it straight to the one instead of his teammate. <laughs> and it went, <laughs> became a fast break the other way. And oh, then he yeah, said, yeah, my yeah. bad, which, um, you know. Yeah, I guess it can't be ignored that Raptors fans are not pleased with the Terrence Davis situation. So there is an outcry and uproar whenever he's out there, especially ahead of a guy who people have a higher estimation of. And uh, unlike it's not just basketball that determines why people want to watch this team. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Clearly Absolutely. the, yeah, clearly the coaching staff. I wonder why but want to put TD two ahead of Matt Thomas. Um, and that's their decision, but they can be, critiqued for it and people cannot like the product because of that it's just that's just um well within the rights of people who uh you know subscribe to cable packages and pay uh, exorbitant amounts of money to watch these games they can say i wish this guy wouldn't play sorry pal Mm -hmm. um yeah well i mean look i I think in terms of the rotation itself, I don't think TD specifically has the role over anybody. Um, it's clear that they have a top eight now. Their top three off the bench are going to be Chris Boucher, Norman Powell, and now Stanley Johnson. Yeah. Stanley cracking the top eight is amazing. And honestly, he deserves it so far. The ninth guy they've been cycling through and against the Hornets, who are more of a guard-oriented team, they played Malachi. Against Dallas yesterday, they, they had a bit more size. And the Raptors are having a lot of success scoring in the paint. So I think you, that's why they went with TD. I think there should be some games where, where Matt gets a chance. But who would it be there. against? Um, teams that zone. Like, um, like Miami's okay. coming yeah. up, for example. They, you know they're probably going to run zone. They're running less zone than last year, but they're probably going to run zone. And if they do, then you can keep Matt out there. There's probably less offensively skilled guards on Bam Miami. Adebayo is going to... Yo, don't. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be bad. No, no, no. It's, it's a bad night. That's bad defense. Some, some bad defense happened before Matt Thomas got to guard Bam Adebayo. I, I can't blame Matt for what happens there, but I mean, he should. Yeah. He deserves a chance. I think honestly, his floor yeah, is a lot I, higher than some of these other guys. You know, and that's not even propaganda. 
Also, the propaganda has taken on all of his own. Me and me and me and Alex don't necessarily have to feed it anymore. It's just people yeah. have, have done the job. It's like a sourdough starter. It, exactly. I don't. <laughs> exactly. Except this one actually worked. Um, <laughs> this one comes from the real spicy P. Um, says, "What do you think TD should do to improve his game?" Um, just quit making mistakes. Like, stop. yeah, stop fouling. That's kind of it. Like, that's what. No, but seriously, no, play defense. Like, I, I don't mean that in, like, disparaging way. It's just, like, I remember watching one of those um, one of those O'Shea Brissett vlogs, and TD openly admits to the camera, you know, I was just BSing out there defensively. Like, I was like, all right, so you know that. Because <laughs> he just doesn't play D. Like, well, it's – or doesn't play D correctly. Um, yeah. You're supposed to follow a scheme, but, you know. And then yeah, all the other stuff, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jonathan asks, is it worth it? Uh, to wait until February 6th when uh, unrestricted free agents who are signed this past season are eligible for trades uh, or um, should or trying to get a trade done now so that we can add pieces to the Raptors front court. So basically, yeah, should we wait two weeks until uh, we sign another big or trade for another big? Like, what do you think? I, I, I don't know. Doesn't uh, are we what? Basically, mean, should we sign a should we trade for a big now or should we wait later on to trade for a big? Who becomes available on February eighth, sixth? I mean, I don't have the full list, but there were some centers that were signed this offseason. Um, all of them going to uh, Detroit. So, or or is it that we could trade Fred as a part of a package after February sixth? I don't you think don't that's going to happen. I don't think you're trading Fred. But you could trade. You could trade Baines, for example, at that point. Oh yeah, I would. If you, I don't know who's going to want me. Uh, who's going to want? Uh, Baines in two weeks. You know, maybe the, the Celtics in Indiana and Utah are still uh, franchises that participate in the National Basketball Association. That's a good point. And uh, you know, <laughs> Dallas is out of uh, Dallas is having to start Willie Cauley Stein with a straight face, which You're right. don't really think they want to be. Um, maybe I don't know. I hate trade talk. It's just... Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, no one has inside information here, unfortunately. So It requires but... me to, like, pay close attention to other teams. And I, like, you know, we'll watch two basketball games a night. But that's, like, I don't really yeah. know what's going on in Denver. Like, is Bull Bull in the rotation? Who knows? He is when everyone has uh, his contact tracing on their, in, in their quotations. Is Bull Bull in the COVID protocol? That's news that I need to no, know. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, he, he lives in a totally different um, stratosphere. At his height, so it's not possible. There's no for, COVID up there. Not possible for viruses <laughs> to survive past that uh, that point. Altitude. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's in Denver too, so you got to really imagine how high he is at the moment. Um, another question um, from Singh, who asks, "What do you think of a possible Javale McGee trade signing around Terrence Davis? Would you trade Terrence Davis or Javale McGee?" Yeah, well, we just talked about how cool we think JaVale McGee is. All right, like, well, maybe you're not the most objective <laughs> JaVale McGee observer. <laughs> I feel like you probably still need to get more than just JaVale McGee, but functionally, who would deliver more for the Raptors? I Honestly, I think it might be JaVale. He's, yeah. I mean, it's mostly just because the Raptors need some more production, but I doubt the Raptors go out and get JaVale. Although he's four points per game this year. He's shooting threes. Yikes. What what do, what do I, what do other NBA teams what goes through their mind when they when they let when they let Javale McGee shoot 
four of 11 from three in, in the span. But of the, the, all they play are centers. It's Colin Sexton and four centers. It's, it's, yeah, you're uh, right, actually. I don't understand. So why do teams have such – like Cleveland intentionally built a team where they drafted two point guards back-to-back. They're playing them together, uh, Sexland, uh, Colin Sexton, Sexland. And, and, and Darius Garland. But then they had Michael Porter uh, – Michael Kevin Porter Jr., sorry, who yeah. is now – apparently got mad because his locker got moved because of a trade and threw some soup around in a locker room. I don't oh, understand. Yeah. Why is Cleveland still serving soup after J.R. Smith threw some soup on somebody <laughs> else already? Stop serving soup. It's not an essential food <laughs> item. I love soup. But why are you drinking soup before a basketball game? Like it's Yeah, don't all, all these guys eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Yeah, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with soup? Like what are you, like a call? That's what I <laughs> ate. That's what I ate in college, all right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're homesick from like grade three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of I shout out to Kobe Altman. Is that his name? That's the GM his name. of the. Yes. Shout out to that guy. What are you doing? I, I really want to pick your brain. Why do you, you have, have a, so many centers? Yo, they signed Larry Nance Jr. to then now he's basically playing small forward for them. And I'm like, yo, that guy's a center, man. Yeah, it's like I kind of, they have a backcourt that sounds like a weekend album. Yes. And it's just four centers. It's cool. I'm on board. Yeah. Whatever, whatever Colby Altman's thinking, just get rid of Kevin Love, and uh, uh, we'll we'll be happy to, you know, see you in the lottery every year for the next few years. Yeah, they have JaVale McGee, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Andre Drummond, and they just traded for Jared Allen, who has not played for them yet. And I believe, if I'm correct, this dude Dean Wade is also a big. Yeah, so they just have tons of bigs. So just give us one for free, please. Ideally, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, definitely would not mind the Raptors getting Jared Allen, but I don't know if that's possible at the moment. Jared Allen just catching lobs for the next you know three years in Toronto. Perfect, and he's defensively sound. I really like him. Rebounds the ball really well. I was really impressed with him in the in the in the Nets series. Um, yeah. Another question: trade package from JDG forty seven. Would you trade Norm and a second round pick for PJ Tucker? How many times are the Raptors going to trade second round picks for expiring PJ Tucker if only for him to leave? I'm good. No, I'm good. We have Stanley Johnson at home. Next question from Drew. We agreed last time that the team was structurally flawed, but it was not simply a trust the process issue. What team I like playing the, well? I like that this guy has meeting notes for. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, me and Drew, no, you know, that's that's my guy, man. Um, with uh, what the team playing well and uh, players performing, which one of the guys who is performing well now should Masai use as a trade piece to fix the larger structural issue? Um, uh, it's Norm, but whatever. <laughs> Why do people keep asking, like holding this? <laughs> people just want you to say over and over again yeah, to trade, to it's trade like your fellow Jamaican. Holding Jamaica. the trade Norm Powell gun to my head. Uh-huh. It's yeah, he ha- he makes money. He could bring back somebody who makes money. If the Raptors want a veteran who can produce. Norm Powell is a as good a trade piece as the Raptors have right now to accomplish it. What more do you want from me, you you people? <laughs> I sound yeah. like Don Cherry, you people. Oh, oh, I forgot. That's right. You, got, you really got canceled for that. Um, rightfully so. But for, honestly, for the totality of his career, he should be canceled. But regardless. Yeah. Um, my, my, maybe my question is, how well do you think Raptors are going to play for Masai to not answer the phone about Kyle Lowry trades? It just, it 100% matters. Like, it, he should, like, 
create a like a like Kyle Lowry. Masai should buy a new phone for this <laughs> for the Kyle Lowry trade hotline, uh-huh. and Kyle Lowry should have like an Apple Watch that gets also a notification when somebody calls, mm. and Kyle Lowry has to be the one to answer the phone call. You know what I mean? Like it should just be Kyle as a GM would be great. Honestly, yeah, I, Kyle, Kyle can be the head coach of the Raptors next in, in some time when he is finished playing, or the GM, or the equipment manager, or assistant coach, or head of PR. All, all actually, head of PR probably. Head of PR would be hilarious. Would, would be tough. He would, we would never hear anything from this team. No, we would literally. This would be the most secretive team possible, man. We wouldn't even know who they're playing. They'd, they'd be playing in, <laughs> in like masks. <laughs> uh, Everyone just showing up with an MF Doom mask, and, and we have no idea who the players even are. That'd be kind of hard, though. <laughs> that would be, though. It would be, right? <laughs> uh, For RP Doom. Yeah, seriously, man. Rest in peace, man. Hope his, uh, hope his family and loved ones are well. Um, More questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, honestly, in, to answer my own question about Kyle, like, I think the Raptors probably, by the end of this first half of the season, need to be... I don't know, man. At least five, six games above five hundred, at least. Because uh, before he goes to Philadelphia for what a first round pick in Maxi or whatever his name is. Yes, Tyrese Maxi. I love learning the rookies early on because I have to now I have to know who they are, and but I didn't follow the draft, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know about him. He did this in uh in. in Kentucky and I was like no I well I also just looked up Tyrese Maxey's Google images every expression this guy has is good I'm on board yeah you like his face he's just got like a good like very expressive and he looks so young it's weird man NBA I, players I know I feel I'm, I feel super washed I'm like relating to uh all these, <laughs> I used to look up to all these guys like the different <laughs> age and stuff I'm like I'm the same age as, as Chris Boucher or like Pascal or Fred I'm like yeah it's a little freaky now. Yeah. Anyway, um, another question. Someone asked uh, Connor. Oh, no, uh, Connor T.O. asked, since he was recently waived from Houston, do you think Bruno could have cracked the rotation after four years of the Raptors player development was as strong in 2013 as it is now? Could he have had a similar trajectory as Pascal or Fred's career from the G League to the NBA? What do you think? I, I, no, not really. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I I think they can't just magically turn players into something. Bruno has the physical tools, but I just don't know if he has like basketball. Like, I don't know if that was his calling in life was to play basketball. You know, and I don't mean that in a dis- yeah. disrespectful way. I just mean that like he doesn't look normal or natural when he plays basketball. Like other other sports, do you feel like Bruno would have um, excelled in or been even better in? Volleyball? Oh, he is Brazilian. Volleyball, yeah. He could have been good at volleyball. Beach volleyball, yeah. yeah. Imagine um, seeing seven-foot Bruno Caboclo spiking the ball against you. Uh, ultimate Frisbee, a sport oh, that... Oh, man, yes! Every every oh. NBA player would be phenomenal at Ultimate, and it would make... If Ultimate was, like, a big enough profit center, mm. it's kind of like... Yeah, it's the reason why, like, American soccer sucks. It's that, like, John Wall would be an amazing soccer player. He just... There's no no reason for him to have ever played soccer. Like imagine Russell Westbrook as a striker; he'd be unstoppable. But there's just not enough money for. I mean, you know, like, if he, I mean, come on, man. If if he can't put the ball in the hoop, 
with his hands. I don't know if he could put the ball in the net with his feet. <laughs> Any, soccer, what is I'm very hard. Like, soccer is very hard. No, no, I don't I like agree, this argument. But like, what I'm saying, like elite athletes are like attract, like are attracted to places to make lots and lots of money mm-hmm. because yeah. that's what you should do of if course. you have elite athletic talent. Um, but like, yes, like LeBron James would have been a great football player. Oh, he wouldn't absolutely. have that made a billion dollars in football. But I genuinely think Zion would have been better in football than basketball. What do you think? I mean, you watch oh. more, you watch way more football than me. Although um, I did, I did watch uh, Tom Brady versus uh, Drew Brees, the uh, the the, the Mega Bowl. Yeah, the Mega Bowl. Um, what did you think of the game? Drew Brees fell apart in the he was terrible third and fourth quarter. Yeah, he was awful. Um, yeah, I don't think Zion would have made more money. It's hard to make more money as a football player unless you're a quarterback, but. Yeah, like I, um, I think Bruno would have made like a great um, ultimate frisbee player. He could have been like pretty good at like Olympic events, like like high jump. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, but I just hope that I hope Bruno like he's doing well. I, I don't know. When he left Toronto, he still kind of seemed like a like a newborn calf. mm -hmm. So I hope that he wasn't. He like has like a normal life and. because were he in like Bebe? I'm pretty sure he has, a, he has a kid and stuff. Well, that's saw, insane to me. A friend of me Isn't was telling he... me that he saw Bruno and and his partner uh, pushing a stroller around like on Queen a few years back. Bruno has, has Bruno's partner is a Toronto I mean, person. I'm, I mean, I, 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 would, I would I would hazard <laughs> to guess, but yes, <laughs> Toronto has had that effect on players, which yeah. is great. Which is great, you know. Shout out, yeah, to him for absolutely. Us. <laughs> Honestly, shout out Steph Curry to be honest, right? Is that the yeah, original? Started Steph. Shout out Steph Curry. Steph Curry, come home, come home. Okay. Could you imagine? We need. We I don't think need, I we need to be... just like find a good church for 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 Steph in Toronto, and he'll become home. Yeah. Like maybe maybe direct him to the one at Jane and four hundred one. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not religious. No. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> Shout out to anyone who goes to the Pur Palace, I think, but I don't know about that one. Um, well, this question: What would what sports would Bruno be good at? No, uh, someone bowling? asked if Bruno would actually have made it. I, I don't think so. Oh, I, just, I, I don't I, think so. No, no, he didn't really seem. He's had lots of chances too, by the way. You know, Bruno's played in the NBA seven years. I guess that makes sense because I'm old now. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Like the average NBA is career is not seven years, so he's had he's had his chances. The and Brazilian with- Kevin Durant. Now we have the French Canadian Kevin Durant. Yeah, I was trying to work like a Montreal kind of tie-in with, um, what's what's a KD nickname like Saint Durant or something like that? But that, oh, that's all right. That's actually not bad. Maybe we we'll go with Saint Durant. I don't know, or maybe it's not good. I don't know. I definitely don't speak much French. Rue Saint Durant. I mean, Chris Boucher should have something named after him in Montreal by the, when it's all said and over. You know? Yeah, for sure. NBA champion. NBA champion. You know, playing with the Raptors, breaking out now, maybe most improved player. Best you beard know? on the team. Let what do you get, think? Let me get a Rue de Boucher, man. <laughs> That's the extent of the French I can say, other than uh, ordering, <laughs> ordering pizza toppings, which I don't know. understand. Like, why did the. Why do they teach you that? Why? why do they... <laughs> if I'm not much sure. Yeah, I'm like, I know all about like buff. Like, you know, I'm like, all this other. <laughs> Champignon, fromage, you know, like you could have taught me why about do you things in, in French. Yeah. 
Because that's the first thing you got to do when you go to Quebec is order pizza. Definitely, right? The, the head assery of public education in this Seriously, province. man. Teach us something <laughs> useful about it, man. In retrospect, I really should have stuck out with French, but yeah, I dropped, that, I dropped that thing out quick. Um, all right, last last Twitter question. Um, before I, There were actually two more in the DM, so I'll, I'll ask those two. But this one from JDG yeah. again. Who is the most random starter in Raptors history? Random meaning a player who started on a regular basis but left no real impression. Um. I think he's probably asking this because we we had Aaron Baines and Alex Len who made two starts. Um, those are definitely in contention at the moment. But I came up with two options. One, 2012, Landry Fields made 22 starts. He was, you know, he missed some time due to injuries over like that. He averaged five points per game. Didn't really play have you much. Kept, have you kept up with Landry Fields? Funny story, I ran into Landry Fields at the 2019 D-League uh, showcase in Mississauga. Um, Bruno played really well in that game, by the way, one of those games. Shut up. And also Alex Caruso was like clearly one of the best players there, and now he's actually a good player with the Lakers, so good for him. But um, I, was, I was at 2019 um, uh, D-League showcase, and I ran into Landry Fields. I ran into Anthony Parker. I ran into a whole bunch of former Raptors, D-Brown. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually kind of amazing. A Pops Mensabansu is also like was working in some capacity. Like it's actually amazing how much the NBA has like managed to retain a lot of their the players because there's opportunities yeah, for them. Yeah. These are just random players, right? Who um, have gone on to have nice positions. I think Landry Fields is like a, um, a G League GM now. I think I know Anthony Parker definitely. Yeah, was. he's he's. I think he was a scout for the Hawks. Now he's in the Spurs universe and he's the oh I'm wrong he's the assistant GM of the Hawks he was in the Spurs organization okay. with their G League affiliate and now he's um assistant GM of the Hawks that guy figured it out like yeah he's like 30 he's still he's like early 30s now he had a kid right after he left the Raptors that's a guy who could recommend churches to Steph Curry so well, I you still, yeah. if, you're, if you're if you're listening uh I don't know. Tell, uh, tell stuff where to you know attend a service when people can go into people can't go into churches anymore. It's COVID COVID nineteen. That, that is true. But this, maybe this is the perfect time. You you, you get stuff connected with a, a Toronto stream or something like that. That's, um, yeah. So I got twenty twelve Landry Fields because he was super random. Um, and Landry Fields was supposed to be a three and D player. He made a grand total of three three pointers. In, in three seasons with the Raptors. It's kind of unbelievable. Um, and then 2011, the Raptors started Aaron Gray 40 times. And he averaged four points he was, Yeah. He was probably the closest I've seen to um, Baines and Len was Aaron Gray. Same level of <laughs> mobility. Gray was actually a little bit bigger. Had some, like, okay passing skills. And, and was, you know, gave everyone very impassioned hugs during the uh, infamous... Um, Rudy Gay trade episode of Open Gym, but yeah, that season 40, 40 starts for for Aaron Gray. That's a, a lot. The guy that That's I thought a of, lot, yeah. Even going back I, in time, like the Raptors have generally started players who were NBA players, and it's only occasionally when they've had some very very strange um, players who have stuck out. I remember. Reggie Evans, year after Chris Bosh leaves, he starts to start. I remember thinking maybe the Raptors will be okay. 
because mm. he was like great on the boards for a while. So good. And, and then he like did he like break both of his hands or something? Like something happened. I don't remember it. <laughs> what could have happened? Remember, he, he he rebounded so hard he broke both hands. I don't remember what yeah. happened, but he like got injured. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking like, damn, like not that he was really that good. Like he didn't score. Mm-hmm. But I remember I remember thinking like, okay, like this is this is okay. Like the Raptors will be okay. Like I was obviously not surprised, but bummed out to see CB4 leave. But yeah. Reggie Evans was always like a random Raptors contributor. But Landry Fields is a good answer because yeah, that guy. He remember like he was brought in to help get Steve Nash, and then yeah, I know, man. Well, I mean, you know, he he seemed like a great dude. Honestly, he seems like a great dude. Yeah, it he does, was in the, he does the PS like Vita guy. commercials, and I remember one of his threes where Kyle Lowry broke down Victor Oladipo. I think this is when Victor was a rookie or something when he was with the Magic, and Kyle Lowry kicked the ball to the corner to Landry Fields. It was such a beautiful crossover. Like Kyle Lowry rarely drops a guy, but he dropped Victor Oladipo, kicked it to the corner to Landry Fields, and Landry like it looked like when you're downloading a giant file. You know, that bar is just, like, slowly, like, itching along. That's how his, like, arm was warming up to shoot. And he had – I'm not even trying to make fun of him because, like, he had, like, some real injury issues with his nerves and stuff like that that prevented him. It's not like he didn't work hard on the shooting. It's just he physically yeah. couldn't do it. Uh, but he made that one three in the corner. And I remember, like, how happy everyone was. Uh, honestly, shout-out Kyle Lowry, man. Just always – It started as a shout-out Landry Fields. <laughs> well <laughs> – no, there aren't many. There aren't that many positive Raptors memories without Kyle Lowry on the floor, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And then in terms of uh, the two questions from the DMs that I received, um, one is unnamed. Like, I, I guess we, if people in the DMs, you can just stay unnamed unless they don't want to be. But unnamed question. Uh, whenever I worked in the media room last season, Stanley came in to grab popcorn. And always was in such a good mood. It's awesome to see him playing this, so good. This what, is the most Alex question in the world. I was gonna say this is not from Alex, <laughs> but definitely you know uh, this is what Alex did, and um, Alex said many Wait, times. This, this isn't day. Alex. This isn't not Alex. Okay, it's not is it JQ LeBron. then? <laughs> it's also not JQ. Uh, what do you think the main reason for him playing so good this season uh, and in the bubble? Um, I also think it's so, just he 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 bought into his role like way more than anything else. He also said that after the the bubble was over, he came to Toronto. Even though he's an LA guy and everyone works down in LA in the NBA, he stayed in Toronto and just worked with the coaches for like four straight months, which is always going to buy you a lot of goodwill, and it's going to help you get a leg up in terms of what you're going to start. And I think that gave him an advantage over other guys coming into the team that were new. And I think he just bought into the his role and. He he had enough talent to 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 be in the NBA, absolutely. And he's now just finding what he can do at a consistent level, which is defend. And for Nick Nurse, that's something that he's going to play you for. So um, I think it's really just the fact that he put in those four months in, in Toronto. I think that's the biggest factor. Yeah, I like the Stanley Johnson thing. There was an opportunity. There was a need. Like you lose Rondé, you lose Serge. There's kind of a opening. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Without a free agent signing in that position, would have the first crack at it, and he and it's also the last crack he had at being a NBA rotation player. Mm. The stakes were high. The opportunity was pretty good. Like you, he would get to play serious minutes with starters, 
he's made the most of it. Like I'm, I don't know. Is it too late for like, is it too late for you to imagine Stanley Johnson having a Trevor Ariza type career? Probably not. And I, I think he knew, like, I think he knew that he can be a guy who bounces around and has an NBA job for the next decade. I wouldn't be surprised. He's how old is he now? He's like late 24 20s. years old, man. Yeah, he's quite yeah, like he will it would it'd be but weird if he's he also at the age where he kind of has to make a break out of this point, right? And yeah, yeah, I think he's taking a positive step, so why not see it through, man? You know? Do you think the Raptors do you have any interest in the Raptors retaining him or that's if he plays like this next year? Yeah, why not? I, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think he's a guy that everyone in the locker room gets along with. Seems to have tons of friends around the NBA. He was just like, yeah, I know Luca. And I was like, how do you know Luca?" But, you know, Stanley seems like a very positive guy. Seems a very upbeat guy, very thoughtful. And great taste if he, glasses. If he, if he, if he, that, you know, I mean, last year he had the, like, the, the, the shades. It wasn't quite the Kanye West, like, um, like blind blinders. <laughs> but, uh, no, they were, they were not bad. They were red. So. Yeah. All right. Another, and then the other question from the DMs uh, also comes from another anonymous DMer who has said, Hey, Will, hope all was well. I've been thinking about uh, it for a while now and was wondering if you could touch on it on the podcast with Josh today. Do you think Messiah Bobby cost us a proper transition year by waiting for Giannis to come to Toronto next year? We could have had a guy like Christian Wood, who I feel like would have fit in great with the Raptors culture. Uh, he goes on to mention a flexibility next year for a super big star doesn't really mean much if there's no superstars left. I think, yeah, I mean, when you make a choice of keeping your cap room open that hard and the guy ends up re-signing, um, that is a gamble that you take and you you live with the consequences. Part of those consequences are, you know, some of the things we see now with the center position where they're just kind of barren. Um, whether they were going to sign Christian Wood or not, I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Houston definitely looked very smart for doing it. Christian Wood's averaging 24 points per game and 11 rebounds with 1.7 blocks, shooting 54% in 11 games. It's pretty good. He's pretty good. And, and he, he, he was quite good has, on the Pistons last year, too. Yeah. No, he's he's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like this question, but it sort of, again, presents the, like, problem Raptors fans always have is, like, do you – build this team the way that Raptors teams have been successful in the past, which is you have a competent core. You look to see if you can swing for the fences on a superstar that can take you over the top. Look at how the Raptors won their title. I still, I still think Masai and Bobby did the right thing in building the core that they have today, um, signing them to money through the next few years while retaining enough flexibility to take this team over the top. I don't think Christian would means the Raptors are a top three seed in the East. I I, I, I do not believe that. Mm. I think Giannis would have, and that's the difference. Like, I don't know, would you rather be yeah. a six seed or a four seed? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have mind if they signed a Christian Wood. I think part of the reason why Christian Wood is a lot of teams are kind of like maybe regretting it is because he signed for three years, 41 million. That's Yeah. He's going hilariously low, but I mean, yeah. oddly enough, Chris Boucher's already given me this kind of production. <laughs> I mean, not quite, but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't, it's. I mean, look, I, I think twenty nine other teams little, in the NBA should of, be asking themselves of, why they didn't sign Christian Wood. The Pistons of all teams should be asking themselves why they didn't sign Christian Wood, but decide to sign like five other centers that were 
worse than Christian Wood. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, I, I've mentioned on the show last week, the Pistons. <laughs> Sneaky good TV. They're, I like them. They're I, very competitive. Like, they compete like in a lot of those games. Yeah. Jeremy Grant's done They're a not- lot of nice things for them. Um, Blake Griffin is not nearly as good as he once was. But they, they defend, and they just get just enough offense out of their team. This is a to be right there at the end. This is like a this is like the discount Knicks, man. This is really like a discount version of the Knicks. Oh, that's a, that's a really good comparison. Well, yeah, that's a good comparison. All right. Let's come to the end of the podcast, which means it's also time for our signature segment, Malachi's Missions, formerly known as Stanley's Suggestions. Uh we had a suggestion from someone who uh Sana who asked, can we change Malachi's missions to Aaron's errands? Which uh, I do like, but unfortunately, he's not going to be on the team long enough. Guys, <laughs> um, but it's still Malachi's missions until until uh, Baines is formally benched. He's still getting his uh, spot starts, looking marginally better by the day. But uh, yeah, still uh, could use a, a serious upgrade there. Anyway, Malachi's missions for this week slash Aaron's errands for this week. Josh, what do you got? Uh, mine is. Uh... Lupin on Netflix, uh, starring Omar Sy. It's a new Ooh. series. It's like a okay. hit. I really liked it. I watched it. Uh, so what's it about? Like, so um, it's a it's a like retelling of a French novel series. Um, Arsène Lupin, it's like a, a like a mastermind thief. Um, it's kind of like if you enjoy like the Ocean's Eleven movies. And also, um, like crime procedurals, mm-hmm. you're gonna have fun watching this show. It's really it's in French. Um, okay. Their subtitles are great. I don't listen to dubs, um, but uh, it's really good. Starring uh-huh. Omar Sy, yeah. he's a great actor. I really Fantastic am enjoying actor. it. Um, so if you're looking for something to watch on streaming, mm-hmm. I'd uh, suggest that one. How about you? What do you have for uh, Malachi to get up to this week? I will. I will take that suggestion myself. Actually, that does sound pretty good. Um, and although, by the way, I got to say, Omar Sy uh, in the Untouchables, the original one, yeah. not 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 the one with <laughs> not, Kevin Hart, man. Not, and Brian Cranston. What that's a the perfect. That's that's the perfect <laughs> way to describe America. Is they took something <laughs> as beautiful as the Untouchables and and did it with Kevin Hart and brian cranston in, in that in that crass way that's unbelievable but anyway um if you ever seen the original movie itself uh, definitely watch that one I, it's one of my favorite memories i was uh on a plane to china which uh toronto to beijing is 16 hours i think so me and my brother we got to spend a lot of quality time together and we watched this movie together and we were both like kind of in tears at the end of it which is super awkward because we're just surrounded by like you know asian aunties and uncles and i was like <laughs> maybe i should collect myself a little bit but no that movie is such a beautiful movie one of my favorites for sure so i'll definitely check out lupin um my suggestion yeah, was also was. on netflix um uh fran Leibowitz, the author slash humorist i watched the uh, three episodes of her um show pretend it's a city uh yesterday and yeah really really fun um she is very very funny she does it in conversation with her close friend martin scorsese and um what a flex <laughs> no i was seriously though and spike lee's in a few of them as well so you know if they have um thought-provoking conversations as I, was, as I was saying to my partner it feels like when you watch it it's like two people are reading an essay together and then you guys can kind of talk about it afterwards so um it's a nice show it's, it's funny but maybe watch it after lupin 
<laughs> but definitely stay inside and don't go outside yeah, unnecessarily. Don't, yeah. Wash That's your hands, right. wear a mask, close your mouth and wash <laughs> and uh, wear a mask or whatever Fred said. Yeah. 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 Yes, please do. And uh, we'll have a formal announcement about the Colin show returning incoming. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't want to say something and then not meet that date and disappoint everybody. <laughs> yeah. But we're working hard. It's I'm excited. Um, yeah. Looking That's forward to people's calls. Yeah. Well, thanks, Josh. As always, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week to answer more questions. Peace. Peace. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.